the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for listening in. When we sincerely turn our lives over to God, our goal is to obediently live for Him until He calls us home. Some, however, turn away from God as if they never knew Him. How can that be? God's Word has the answer. The Bible tells us that there are some who call themselves Christians, yet they are not a part of the family of God because though they appeared to be with us, they were not truly among us because they denied that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Heaven forbid! Have Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander teaches us. What happens when we genuinely love God? What happens when we genuinely love God? Oh, keeping yourself in the love of God. What happens when you genuinely love God? Well, A, we obey his word. We obey his word. First John 2, 5 says, New Living Translation, but those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That is, we know we are living in him. When you love, genuinely love God, you can't love, you can't love God and not love his word. And you can't love God and love part of his word. Huh? He said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. First John 5, 3 and 4 says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. Oh, I got to come to church. The Bible says, don't forsake your sim- the assembly of yourselves together. I guess I get up. This ain't no guessing about it. You're, if you got to struggle to come to church, you don't love God. And if you can't wait to leave the church, you really don't. Love, you get here in the go mode. Unless you got to go to work or something, you got sick, a ch- sick child or something like that, you ought to stay here and hate the fact that you got to leave after a benediction. Some of y'all so fat, you want to leave it so fast you can't shake five hands. Shake five hands. But when you were lost and in those clubs, you shook your booty past midnight. <laughs> Two o'clock in the morning, I'm just getting it on. Get saved, it's getting dark. Keeping yourself in the love of God. I would love the devil's work more than I love the work of God. Oh, God help me. What happens when we genuinely love God? B, we love one another. We love one another. When you genuinely love God, it moves you to genuinely love one another. Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. It says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, we'll all know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That's how you know, that's how you know you're a disciple is when you can love me and I can love you and nothing I do to you can stop you from loving me. And nothing you can do to me can stop me from loving you. Stop speaking to you. Walk around to make sure I don't see you. Glance at you. A purposely avoiding you. That's hellish. That's not love. That's hate. 
I don't hate nobody. You're doing that kind of stuff, you hate them. You can't speak to them. Can't shake their hand. Can't say something decent. Huh? 1 John 4, 20 and 21. First, help me, Holy Ghost. 1 John 4, 20 and 21. It says, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. In other words, John is saying, stop saying you love God because you're a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from Jesus, him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. God is saying, how are you going to love me and you can't love that person and you're looking at him? Stop saying you love me. You haven't seen me. You, you, you're just full of talk and baloney. If, if you love me, you're going to love your brother, regardless of what color they are, regardless of what socioeconomic status they're in. You're going to love them unconditionally. You know, keeping yourself in love of God and genuinely loving him means this. We will let nothing separate us from the love of God. We will let absolutely nothing separate us from the love of God. In other words, it is found in Romans 8, 37 to 39. Romans 8, 37 to 39. It says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing ought to separate you from the love of God. Nothing ought to separate you from the love. You ought to love God so much until it's about God and, and, and you're going to think God-like in every instance, in everything. What does God say about this? And what does God think about this? I want to be on God's side when other folk don't understand what I'm doing. I'm not here to please you. I'm not here to have your mind. I'm here to have the mind of Christ. And you'd be so surprised how people don't have their own mind and they're led by their own noses, by, by others. Led by the nose because they don't have their own mind. You ought to make somebody mad because you think biblically. That's right. When's the last time somebody got mad because you thought biblically? You voted biblically. You spoke biblically. Biblically. Huh? Huh? You behave biblically. There, listen, when you really love God, there is an inner longing to be with him. There's an inner longing. The people you really love, you like being around. My mom and dad sitting over there, you know, and uh, uh, and they had me uh, be 58 years ago next week. This week, matter of fact. And you know what? I love my parents. They said they call me, Randy, go get this. Uh, I want some ice cream. I want some dessert. I want this. I pour that soda. I do all of these things. I said, well, you know what? You are reaping. I'm you are reaping what you've sown in me. So it's a joy for me to serve you. You say, can we come down? Well, of course you can come down. I welcome you here. I don't say, Mama, I don't think y'all can come down this week. I'm too busy. That ain't no love. I don't know when the last time I'm going to see them. I love them. And if I love them, I want them in my presence. And I can't wait to see them when they come here. And they can't wait to see me when I go there. Huh? If I really love my wife, I go home. I go home. Now, I can't be no sugar daddy coming in at 2 o'clock in the morning. She has a right to ask me where I've been. She knows that's, that's abnormal. I'm not going to be running no street 2 o'clock in the morning. Huh? I got 
got me a wife. I need to go home and minister to her. And fix her tea. And love her. Go walking with her. Go eating with her. I don't love her if I don't want to be around her. I'm not going to sleep in another bedroom if we have a spat. We're going to both sleep in that same bed. I mean, y'all go get on the couch, go get in the closet, go upstairs, downstairs. Now you marry. Oh, God, I'm talking about love. I'm about love. That's love. There's an inner longing to want to be with the Lord. Philippians chapter 1, verses 22 through 24. You hanging with me? Philippians chapter 1, verses 22 through 24. It says, but if I love, if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. For I am hard pressed between the two. Having a desire to part and be with Christ, which is far better, nevertheless to remain in the flesh is, is more needful for you. Paul says, I'm in a no-lose setup. Now, I want to go home to be with Jesus because I, I love God. But if you want to keep me here a little bit longer, it's for the purpose of your sake to bear more fruits. You know, if he keeps me here, it's to do more for you in the power of the Spirit. But if he takes me home, that's even better because I'm with him. So whether he keeps me here, it's great. Whether he takes me home, it's better. It's better. Is, is there inner longing in your heart to be with Jesus? The longer you, longer you're around and the longer you in Christ, uh, you ought to love him so much that you want, you, you ought to get to the point that you can't wait to see him. Huh? You, you just can't wait to see God. You know, uh, you're, I know, I know folk don't want to age and folk don't want to take their, tell their age and folk going to do everything to keep it, you know, keep it down. Now, I don't know what, what for you're still getting old. But I believe that's something inherently good in the aging process. Because if we, if I, if we didn't grow older and if we didn't have any aches and pains and arthritis would, wouldn't come, and you wouldn't get, you know, you, you wouldn't get in you aches and pains and blood pressure and all this stuff and bl- blubber starts setting in and wrinkles start setting in. Huh? It'll get so good that you wouldn't get homesick to want to leave here. So what God does, he let us age. He let us age. And aging is a reminder of the fact that we are leaving here. You don't you fool yourself. You're getting old and you get a picture of you 30 years ago, 20 years ago. Stop lying talking about that's me. You that's not you. That's the young you. You got an old look. Aging reminds us that we're getting out of here. And there will be an inner longing to long to be with Christ. You, 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 you know what it does? The genuinely loving God, there will be fruit bearing in one's life. There will be fruit bearing in one's life. John 15, 5 and verse 16. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, live in me and remain in me. And I in him, bear, underline this, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. 
without me. Verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. That's a command. We ought to what? Go and what? We ought to do what? Go and we ought to go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give you. Christians who abide in Christ are so filled with the Holy Spirit that they bear much fruit. Where is the fruit in your life? Is there any evidence of fruit? If you want to look at what are the fruit, go to Galatians 5, around that 16 verse or so, and you'll see the different fruit, love, peace, joy, long-suffering, goodness, patience, all these things, all of that's fruit. And can it be seen in your life? Listen, your love will manifest itself in the giving of your time, your talents, and your treasures. Your love will manifest itself in the giving of your time, your talents, and your treasure. When you passionately, genuinely love God, you're going to serve him. You're going to give him your time. You just don't come on, on Sundays and then come late when you come. The train made me late. It was construction. No, you didn't leave in time. I mean, you give up your talents, your skills. You know how to do math. You could tutor some child. You can help in math camp if you know math, you, like many of you do. Uh, you, you know uh, uh, algebra and children are struggling. You help. You, you know English or whatever you can do. You're a blessing. You, you, have, you use whatever you got. You can sing. You minister to the congregation in songs. Uh, you can play all of these things. Service, media ministry, technology, nursery, children, and on and on it goes. Now, if you're not child-friendly, stay out the nursery. That's right. You edgy, stay out the nursery. Nursery. You see, Second uh, Corinthians nine seven says this. So let each one gives as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. You're happy to give of your time. You're happy to give of your treasure. You're happy to give of your talents to the glory of God. Third thing we we say from this message. Listen, we thank God for His mercy and crowd for more of it. We thank God for His mercy, huh? And and, and cry out for more of it. Verse 21b says, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. You see, it is because of our Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. And it is by his mercy we have been given eternal life. It's because of his mercy we've, we've not been consumed. And it's by his mercy we've been given eternal life. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23, it says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. In other words, God extended his mercy to us and saved us by his grace. It is also because of God's mercy that we are earnestly expecting his soon imminent return, which motivates us to live righteously. You ought to thank God that you're saved by grace, saved by mercy, and then you're looking for the God of mercy. Philippians 3.20 says, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our citizenship is in heaven. Listen, we are pilgrims, we're sojourners. This world is not our home. Don't stake yourself too deep in this world. Let me tell you something else uh, when, when you, uh, uh, about this passage. Uh, we must know the word in order that we may be able to make a distinction and discern, and discern true seekers of the word 
from those whose aim is to get gullible saints to doubt the word of God. We must know the word of God in order to make a distinction, in order to to distinguish and to discern uh, the true seekers of the word of God from, from those who are trying to overtake gullible saints, getting them to doubt the word of the living God. You need to walk in the spirit and you'll see who's up to really encouraging the saints and lifting the saints and building up the saints and others who have a subversive satanic agenda to, to, to just get folk to hang on to them. Huh? Or to get folk steered toward other causes and not the cause of Christ. That's right. Our goal is not to make folk like us, it's to make folk like Christ. And when you're in the spirit, you'll be able to discern that. Verse 22, and some have compassion making distinction. In other words, we must have compassion and help restore those who have been seduced and are wavering in their faith because of heretical teachings. And we must rise up and fight against those who distort the truth and cast doubt on the truth of God's word. There are folk who have come here and their their theology is so screwed up, we must not down them. We must be patient with them. They don't know the doctrine of Christ and the doctrine of soteriology and pneumatology and eschatology. And they have you have to give them time to catch up. They're not where you are. And some folk have been in cults and cult-like churches and under dictator pastors and all of these kinds of things. And we need to have compassion on people who came out of a lot of junk and a lot of uh, 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 cultic uh, experiences. It takes time for them to be de-rubbished, to be de-rubbished. You got to, you got to have passion on them and, you, and, and be patient, patiently restoring them, teaching them guiding them, nurturing them in the true meaning of what the word of God is saying. Let me say this. We must be cautious and on God not to get ourselves stained and contaminated while attempting to snatch seduced saints from apostates, teachers, and groups. We must be cautious and on God not to get ourselves stained and contaminated while attempting to snatch seduced saints from apostate teachers and groups. You say, where is that in verse 23? But save others with fear. Wow. Save others with fear. In other words, in other words, uh, you can, you can go try to help somebody, but if you're not in the spirit, you can get yourself contaminated trying to help. You can get yourself, uh, you can become part of the problem trying to clean up somebody else's life or trying to get, trying to help them alone. And then you get misguided and get your own self contaminated. You got to be alert. You have to have a reverential fear of God. And you have to be determined not to get yourself all stained and contaminated while trying to pull others out of the fire. Out of the fire. Look at that phrase. Hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Wow. Judas, Jude cuts it straight. You know, those, those apostate teachers, he said, man, they're so devilish. You know, that we ought to even hate the clothes they wear. Don't stop. Don't be complimenting folk that's not of God. Oh, you look, that looks pretty on you. No, you need to be saying you need to be saved from hell. Talking about what what look pretty on them. If they hellish, I don't care how cute they are, they're hellish. How handsome they are, they're hellish. How they dress, they still hellish. You, You don't compliment a heretic. 
some, uh, somebody who's teaching wrongly and you compliment them? No, they need to be chastened. You need to separate yourself. You up to no good. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You ever said that so long? You scared to even say it. Hating even the garments defiled by the flesh. You know what that means? Apostate teachers. Listen at this. Apostate teachers are so corrupt that their very clothes are defiled. They're so corrupt until their very clothes are defiled. They stink up their clothes. They stink up the Lord's church. They stink up fellowship groups of church members meeting in somebody's house. And they have a subversive agenda. And they start talking about stuff they ought not be talking about. And they stink up everything they come around. They're just defiled. Mm, they stinky. Oh, God, help me preach this message. Then look what it says. Pulling them out of the fire. We must seek to rescue and snatch unstable, immature believers from the influence and grip of false teachers who are about to be swept away by false doctrine, which ultimately leads one into the fires of eternal judgment. That's right. We need to literally pull them, snatch them out of dangers, snatch them out of harm's way. These gullible saints, immature saints, saints who are misdirected and confused, snatch them for their own soul's sake. Jot these down. Zechariah 3, 2. Zechariah chapter 3, verse 2 says, and the Lord said, it says, and the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Plucked from the fire? Amos chapter 4, verse 11 says, Amos 4, 11, just jot it down. I overthrew some of you as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. And you were like a brand, a firebrand, Plucked from the burning, yet you have not returned to me. In other words, and, and God is saying that today to, to many of us. You, 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 God has snatched you out of your sinful condition and out of harm's way, and yet you have wandered from God and you've not returned to him. Huh? Not returned to him. You remember Sodom and Gomorrah? It was destroyed because of the sin of homosexuality and lesbianism. And, and, you know, Lot was a righteous man, but some of that stench had got on Lot. As a matter of fact, they got so at home in that corrupt place that the angels huh, had to literally come and take them by the hands and pull them out of that wicked city, lest they be a, 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 a judge with, with raining of fire and brimstone. So the angels had to literally pull them out of judgment, snatch them out of harm's way because fire was going to come down for heaven and destroy that those cities and surrounding areas. They were, they were snatched. And, 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 and Mrs. Lot uh, kind of longed in her heart to be back there. And the scripture said she was turned into a pillar of salt. When God snatched you out of something, don't you long to go back there? Don't you don't, don't go back there. Some of you, I can't wait. I got to go back home. I can't wait to get back. Home. God got you out of there. 
God, God broke, broke some stuff up in your life. He broke up some relationship. He actually took you out of some bad, defiled, satanic relationship. He saved you out of that condition so that you can do more for him, for your own soul's sake, to the glory of God. Finally, but not the least in closing. A few days ago, another oil well exploded which resulted in 13 workers. They were in dire need of being rescued. Only 12 of the 13 had life vests. Huh? The 12 with life vests surrounded the one without the vest to keep him afloat. Oh, God, I'm out it. <laughs> Don't you see something in that? In other words, somebody around you, they're drowning and they don't have the lifeline, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what you need to do, you need to surround them with the love of Christ. Surround them with the word of Christ. Surround them with the spirit of Christ in order to keep them afloat until God rescue them. Do you hear what I'm saying? There's something else in that illustration. All 13 were snatched from deep, shark-infested water. Shark-infested waters. All were saved. But in order to be saved, they had to follow the training and instruction they received from their instruction manual in the training. Because if they didn't, it was a matter of life or death. Huh? So they had to go by what they had, had been taught. They, they were, listen, they, they, they knew what to do because they knew the manual. And they didn't know if it was going to be another explosion, but they knew one thing. They better get off. And it was better to jump in that shark-infested water and hope somebody rescue than to stay on that oil well and a bigger explosion happens, which they knew, didn't know uh, was going to happen. Oh, my God. Listen. Obey this instruction, man, is a matter of life and death. And some of you are so bad off, you're in regression. Every time you make one step forward, you make 15 backwards. It's because you've left the instruction manual. You spend more time on the internet, more time in the, with the iPod. You spend more time Facebooking, you, but you're not textbooking. And your life is dying and you're withering up and you're, you're getting older as old can be and you're no better off. And that's why depression come in. That's why folk have left you by yourself hanging on to nothing. Serving and reading and internalizing the instruction manual is a matter of life and death. And a whole lot of young folk have gone to hell because they forsook the teaching of their parents and they left the instruction manual. Oh, God. I love this in this illustration that we saw a few days ago. All were saved. But in order to be saved, they had to follow the manual. Every blood-washed, born-again believer should be praising God for his mercy. Huh? All of them were in the water, keeping one afloat until... The rescuers came on the scene and plucked those victims out of shark-infested waters, and they all made it to the shores safely. 
I tell you something. I believe they were happy. I believe they were shouting. I bet they were thanking God that they didn't get a leg bitten off. I bet they were thanking God that somebody didn't go under. I bet they were thanking God that they weren't killed in the fire of the explosion. Oh, but I tell you something. I was sinking deep in sin. I was far from the peaceful shore, very deeply staying within, seeking to rise no more. But the master of the sea, he heard my despairing cry. And from the waters, he lifted me. He rescued me. Now safe am I. Let me tell you something. It ought to be somebody in the house who ought to be glad you've been rescued. Is there anybody here you're glad you've been rescued? Is there anybody here you're glad you've been delivered? Don't fool me now. Is there anybody here are you glad you've been emancipated? Is there anybody here you're glad you've been liberated? Is there anybody here you're glad you've been redeemed? I am redeemed. I've been bought with a price. Jesus has changed my whole life. If anybody asks me just who I am, I'm going to tell them I'm redeemed. Tell them I'm saved. Tell them I'm emancipated. Tell them I'm liberated. Tell them I'm kept and secure by the blood of Jesus Christ. And all God's children say, Hallelujah. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.